Hello, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. This is a bonus podcast that I'm recording and I'm recording it on uh, the evening of uh, Saturday the 28th of March. But it's a really a bonus that some people were asking me what the catechism says about the coronavirus and um, just to give some comments on it. So I suppose a couple of things to begin with. First of all, the catechism is not the Bible. So the catechism is not really a source of revelation. It's a compilation of the church's teaching. It's a compilation of the church's dogma. It's a compilation of what the church understands revelation to be. Therefore, it's different to the Bible. Obviously, the Bible is much more important and the Bible has a capacity to speak to any situation, to, to really to, to, to face any need. But this isn't what the, um, this, this, this is the Bible and this is not the Catechism. The Catechism doesn't do this. So the Catechism is an attempt to explain the faith. And it doesn't explain everything. Again, the Catechism is a big book, but... There have been many thousands of books written about the Catholic faith. There have been many books written about Jesus. There have been many books written about many things. Many theologians have worked, many councils. And the Catechism is just a compilation that was prepared of the most important. So it was published in the early 1990s. So the work was going on in the late 80s and early 90s. And to be honest, there wasn't a huge deal of interest in pandemics or plagues or viruses at that stage. So it isn't really a subject that is dealt with. But what can we say? I suppose, first of all, to say that the coronavirus, which, yes, is a very serious virus, is something that can kill, something that is very difficult. I just got rec- received news yesterday that a friend of mine, Father Jorge Ortiz, who was pastor in Brooklyn, um, we were in the seminary together, that he died from the coronavirus, the first priest to die of the coronavirus in the US. And we pray for his soul. We pray that God might be merciful and good to him and take care of his family and his loved ones and bless his parishioners. But death is part of the human condition. We all will have to face death. Everybody has to face physical death. Everybody except the last generation will have to face physical death. The last generation that's there when Christ comes again will not have to face physical death. They'll go straight to the, to the final judgment. But... Anyway, we'll be seeing that a little later in the Catechism in the podcast. But here, just to say that uh, death is something that we need to face. That we are invited as Christians to face this. And that our world today tends to avoid death. Tends not to speak of it tends even to avoid the word. Sometimes people don't say die even anymore. It's a bad word to say death. You have to say past. Uh, 
uh, use some other euphemism, some other nice term to speak about death. But death is something that's real. And humanity has always faced plagues. There have always been sicknesses since the start of creation. There have always been sicknesses that were not eternal. And in this sense, life isn't exactly fair. I know now, for example, many students are complaining that this will disrupt their exams, that some people are saying that it's not fair, that uh, athletes have been preparing for athletic tournaments and now won't get to, to compete in them at the right time. Um, and I suppose it's just life is not fair. Life is not the same for every person. That sometimes people have to deal with challenging situations. That yes, we can do our best to level the playing field. Yes, we should try to make things as fair and as just as possible for as many people as possible. But people will always have to face adversity, will always have to face challenges. Some people um, seem to be born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Other ones seem to be born in, into misery. And yet, as Christians, we have to see that God will make sense of these things and make sense of them through the existence of heaven. That we need to keep our eyes on heaven. In the Gospel, there's a parable that Jesus tells about the rich man, Plutius, and the poor man, Lazarus. And when Plutius, when the rich man lives well in this life, he doesn't think of Lazarus. And when he dies, things are uh, the shoes on the other foot. Things are the other way around. This isn't to say that everybody that's rich goes to, goes to hell or anything like that. But just to say that the danger is there. That God prepares everybody's life doing the maximum to bring them to heaven. Obviously, this needs our cooperation. We need to buy in to this divine plan. Unfortunately, a consequence of our human freedom is that we can reject God. And that's a terrible consequence. It's a terrible possibility that's there. But the good news is that the possibility is there for every person to get to heaven. We see this in the good thief. The good thief was a man who had lived very badly. On the cross, when he's speaking with the other thief, he says to him, Jesus is innocent, but we deserved what we got. So this good thief, thief St. Dimas in the tradition, admits that he deserves the death penalty. So what crimes do you deserve the death penalty for? Again, it's not because he didn't pay a parking fine. It's not because he might have diddled his taxes. This isn't the reason he was sentenced to death. He was sentenced to, de to death for something serious. Again, we don't. the Bible doesn't tell us what. But nonetheless, in his final hour, he says to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answers him, Today you will be with me in paradise. So each one of us, no matter how we've lived, have this possibility of paradise, have this possibility of heaven, and the Lord wants to bring us to heaven. So this is an, a very important thing that we need to realize. And so um, 
to see that heaven makes sense of the whole of reality, that humanity has faced plagues many times before. Now it seems that a worldwide pandemic, the last one all of uh, civilization faced, was the Spanish flu, it seems, that was uh, a little over 100 years ago. But there are other sicknesses that are there, that uh, certain places had to face SARS, certain places had to face other sicknesses. The Ebola crisis in Africa was very bad, in a sense much worse than anything with the coronavirus. And in history there have been many other plagues, many other difficulties, many other sicknesses. And the Black Death in the Middle Ages caused havoc. It was able to wipe out whole villages, whole towns, where everybody died. That in many places and countries it would have killed 60% of the population, 70% of the population. So this uh, new sickness that's there is a much smaller sickness. But again, each one of us will have to die. Again, please God, I hope all of the listeners will be granted many more years of life so that we may repent. Not simply so that we can enjoy ourselves. Not simply so that we can make money. But so that we may repent. Repent. That we can spend our lives in penance, in getting ready for our eternal destiny. This life is a short time. It's a drop in the ocean of infinity. Heaven lasts forever. This life is for a few short years. And in a sense it makes no difference if we die in our mother's womb or if we last to be 120. Compared to the infinity that is heaven, it's basically the same thing. And so we are called to trust in the Lord, to trust him, to see that death is not the end. Also, I think it's important to say that here we're not looking for any special revelation. It's not that we have to see that Our Lady is saying this or that Jesus is saying that or some saint is appearing to somebody and saying something else. This shouldn't be our main concern during the coronavirus outbreak. Our main concern should be to try to stay healthy ourselves and to do well to those around us. But I think a lot of the problems that are there is that many people are not used to the idea of heaven. And that we have this idea that our life should go on forever. And that all of the solutions should come from this this world. And that isn't the case. One number of the catechism I want to look at now and it's uh, actually a section we'll probably be looking at next week or the week after in our in our continuous reading but it's a section dealing with the church's ultimate trial number 675 to 677 and in it it says that the church must pass through a final persecution which is fine the supreme religious deception is that of the antichrist a pseudo-messiahism messianism messianism sorry a pseudo messianism by which man glorifies himself in place of god and of his messiah come in the flesh so this idea that the messiah is uh, is man that we have this um 
that the, the answer can be found in ourselves. This is a terrible um, tendency in today's world. It says in the next number, 76, 676, the church has rejected even modified forms of this falsification of this kingdom to come under the name of millennialism, especially the intrinsically perverse political form of a secular messianism. So this, uh, there's an awful lot of uh, people uh, complain a lot about the church, about the catechism calling the homosexuality intrinsically disordered. But nobody seems to have noticed this other time where the catechism is talking about an intrinsically perverse political form. And this is the idea that we can solve everything. That it's a matter of us trying hard, that we can achieve anything. Again, it's not to say that the scientists shouldn't be trying to cure this disease. Of course they should. But the idea that this is salvation is wrong. The idea that we can fix this through government, through, um, through I don't know what, is wrong. Life cannot be fixed. Sure, maybe they can, maybe, and again, please God, they'll overcome this disease. Please God, they'll find a, a cure for this virus. But they're not going to find a cure for life. There will still be problems, there will still be fights, there will still be wars, there will still be murders, there will still be adulteries. There will be terrible things still happening in the world. And these terrible things happening in the world so often are happening because you and I do them. And so to see that we need to turn to Christ. This is the invitation that's given to us once again. To turn to Jesus Christ. That he is the one who has the answer. He is the one who has the um, who can offer us heaven. That really to see that uh, we are called to heaven, not simply to be here, that our life doesn't finish here. And in a sense, in front of this, not to be afraid. Perhaps it's true that our, um, that our, uh, th that our churches are closed at the moment. I understand that that's very difficult for people. You know, I find it difficult now as a priest that I'm working in a university and many times... I celebrate Mass now by myself. In the chapel, nobody's there. Not a sinner. Well, there is one sinner. There's me. But there's nobody else in the church. And that this is, you know, not the way the liturgy should be celebrated. However, we need to respect and to do our best not to kill. It's true that on the one hand, physical health is not the ultimate goal. Our goal isn't physical health. Physical health, yes, is something important, but spiritual health, the health of the soul, is more important than physical health. But the danger nowadays that we're seeing, because again, we know a lot more about viruses than we did once upon a time, and that we're expected to, uh, really, to, to, to follow our intelligence, and to see that we can't risk people's lives, and I know it can seem like a contradiction that the marijuana dispensaries are open, the, the liquor stores or the off-licenses are open, and the churches are closed. And yet we need to follow the best science. Maybe the priests should be more, um, we should be more uh, inventive 
and find other ways to do things. I know many people are doing a lot of good work on the internet. Lots of priests are phoning people, telephoning their parishioners, speaking with them, praying with them over the phone. Those things are good. Or maybe even setting up uh, some sort of an altar outside. Perhaps having a drive through I mean, I know it sounds very Protestant, but to have a drive through church or something like this might be possible. To put things in their right perspective. To have the Blessed Sacrament being exposed that people can drive by and pull up in their car without getting out of it. In those places where you're allowed out. Now in Ireland, basically, you're not really allowed out anymore. You're allowed maybe uh, be within two kilometres, about a mile and a bit from your house. But uh, it's hard. And in a sense, we respect this. And we need to turn to our other means. The Mass is hugely important. The sacraments are hugely important. But we have the Word of God as well. We have the power of prayer. Each one of us is called to pray. And this is what we need to see. And again, the danger... And I'm going to quote, I suppose now I want to refer you to two documents that if you have time on your hands, I know I'm terrible for telling people what they should read, but if you have time on your hands, there are two documents that would be very good to read in this time. One of them is an encyclical by Pope Benedict XVI, and it's called Spe Salvi, Saved in Hope. Again, you can download it for free from the Vatican's website. Uh, so this space salve, saved in hope, that we have hope, that the Christian is somebody with hope. And the other one I want to recommend is a letter, an apostolic letter by John Paul II, Salvifici, Salvifici Dolores. Again, it can be downloaded on the Vatican website. And this is on the salvific meaning, the salvific value of human suffering. So these two uh, letters can be of great help to us. John Paul II appreciating the value of human suffering. Human suffering is not something we need to hide. Not something that we should always be covered up. And again, not something that has to be avoided at every cost. Because it's part of the human condition. And even the suffering can redeem us. Can save us. Can be the, uh, the salvation for us. And then the other one by Benedict, Pope Benedict, helping us to hope. Because the problem today is not so much that the churches are closed. It's not so much that um, even the people are getting sick. The problem is that so many people are without hope. So many people, even people who are Catholic, find it hard to have hope. Find it hard to believe. And this is why the Pope is inviting us to do this, to believe, to have hope. And if I could just uh, quote one, um, uh, one or two numbers from Pope Benedict, he says in number 17 that the problem today is not that the faith is simply denied. Rather, it is displaced onto another level, that of purely private and otherworldly affairs. And at the same time, it becomes somehow irrelevant for the world. So again, it's not so much that faith is being denied. It's not so much that people are openly against the faith, although, again, in every generation, some people are openly against the Christian faith. But that it's seen as something that's private. And that people begin to hope for something else. To hope 
for progress and that many more people have faith in progress than faith in Jesus Christ. And this is a problem. Again, we sure, we can hope, we can say, please God, they find a cure. But progress isn't our salvation. Again, progress can do great things. It can double life expectancy. Over the last hundred years, life expectancy in the West has risen dramatically, even in the whole world, not just in the rich countries. People are living much longer. People are living to, you know, it's not abnormal now to find somebody in their 70s or 80s, even 90s. Once upon a time to find people, most people died in infancy. Most people died as children. And yet now uh, the world has changed. And that's fine and that's good. However, even though we live longer, we still have problems. We still have difficulties. We still have um, we still have so many things that are that are persecuting us, so many problems, and some of these sure can be uh, something physical, a sickness, a toothache, um, that you break your glasses. Sure, these things can cause cause us to suffer, but so often our sufferings are deeper, are are something that a doctor can't cure. A doctor can't cure a broken heart. He can give you a quadruple bypass and maybe save your physical life. But if your heart is broken, it's broken. If you have no reason to live, he won't give it to you. And this is why we're invited to see that we are called to live from God. To live a different type of life. Again, this whole letter of Pope Benedict is a big meditation on heaven. And I'm not going to read too much more out of it. The The end of the letter especially is talking about heaven and what it's like after death. And I'm not going to read it basically because I'd be reading forever because I think it's so beautiful. But um, I just want to finish with this small quote from, um, from Pope Benedict. And he says, it is number 26, it is not science that redeems man. Man is redeemed by love. And this is the central truth of Christianity. That God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. This is the heart of our faith. That we are redeemed by the love of God. That God loves us and he wants to redeem us. Yes, there will be a cross in this life. Yes, there will be suffering. Yes, definitely there will things will be things that we don't understand. Definitely there will be things that we think are mistakes, even though God doesn't make mistakes, but we think they're mistakes. Definitely there will be suffering. There is death. There are things that really cause us uh, pain. And yet, now God is inviting us to trust in him to trust in Jesus Christ, to turn to him in prayer so that he can bring us to heaven and that we can be truly protected by Christ. And so I'm just going to finish this section, this, uh, the, the, this episode or this bonus episode or whatever you want to call it, these reflections, uh, reading the breastplate of St. Patrick. The breastplate is um, an early Irish form of prayer 
This one is attributed to St. Patrick. We're not quite sure if St. Patrick actually wrote this or not, but it's a very ancient. It's well over a thousand years old. Uh, it's well over 1200 years old. Uh, it's a, a very ancient prayer, and it's basically a prayer of protection. And the Irish bishops have asked uh, the Catholics of Ireland to pray this prayer during this time, to pray it especially every day. And again, there is a very short version, Christ be beside me, Christ be before me, that maybe many of us know from the different hymns. There are a couple of different hymn versions of it. But the whole prayer is, again, an ancient, ancient invocation of God's protection. So I'm going to read this prayer as a protection on each one of us, that God may protect us in this time, that he may keep us from sickness, or if we do get sick, that he can help us in that sickness, and also that he can protect us at the hour of our death. Again, I don't want to sound morbid, but it is the case that each one of us will die. And we shouldn't avoid death because it's impossible to avoid, but we should try to have a holy death. In earlier times, the church used to often tell people to pray for a holy death. And this is something that truly we must still pray for. So again, I'm going to read the um, breastplate of St. Patrick, invoking Christ's protection on each one of our listeners, everybody we know, everybody we love. St. Patrick's Breastplate I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through belief in the threeness, through confession of the oneness, of the creator of creation. I arise today through the strength of Christ's birth and his baptism, through the strength of his crucifixion with his burial, through the strength of his resurrection with his ascension, through the strength of his descent for the judgment of doom. I arise today through the strength of the love of cherubim, in the obedience of angels, in the service of archangels, in the hope of resurrection to meet with reward, in the prayers of patriarchs, in the predictions of prophets, in the preaching of apostles, in the faith of confessors, in the innocence of holy virgins, in the deeds of righteous men. I arise today through the strength of heaven, the light of the sun, the radiance of the moon, the splendor of fire, the speed of lightning, the swiftness of wind, the depth of the sea, the stability of the earth, the firmness of rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guide me, God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me, from snares of devils, from temptations of vices, from everyone who shall wish me ill, afar and near. I summon today all these powers between me and those evils, against every cruel and merciless power that may oppress my body and soul, against incantations of false prophets, against black laws of pagandom, 
against false laws of heretics, against craft of idolatry, against spells of witches and smiths and wizards, against every knowledge that corrupts man's body and soul, Christ to shield me today, against poison, against burning, against drowning, against wounding, so that there may come to me an abundance of reward, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through the belief in threeness, through confession of the oneness, of the creator of creation. So again, I hope I didn't talk too long on this one, but this is uh, my thoughts and I pray that may God bless all of you and take care. And uh, as always, if anybody has any questions about the podcast, uh, please feel free to, to write to me. Uh, you can find all the details on the web page, Father Neil, F-A-T-H-E-R-N-E-I-L dot com. God bless.